0: This episode of the Productivity is Podcast is brought to you by Every Plate. Every Plate dinners are the cheaper, healthier alternative to takeout or delivery. For 50% off your first box of Every Plate, go to everyplate.com and enter the code timecrafting. I'll have more about Every Plate later on in the show, but for now, let's get things started. Welcome to the Productivity is Podcast. I am your host, Mike Vardy. And with me this week is Jay Miller. Jay is actually here to tell you about himself, so I don't need to go through the whole bio. Uh, Jay is going to just, Jay, just dive in and tell people who you are, why they might know you, and what do you do.
1: So sure, thanks, Mike. Um, yeah, my name is Jay. I am the founder of Productivity in Tech, which is a community and podcast designed to help developers get out of their heads and start getting into their code more, becoming more productive, whether it's by themselves and no matter what skill level they're at.
0: So Jay is actually in the Productivityist podcast studios today because Jay made the trek up from his native Southern California and is hanging out with me here in Victoria, BC. Uh, him and his wife came up as uh, as uh, we just finished having a, a a Sunday breakfast. It was amazing. So we don't normally we don't normally do recordings on on Sundays because it's my planning day. But I figured let's take the opportunity to do it now. And what I want to talk about today, and this is a conversation we had last night as we were kind of going uh, you know through the city. Uh, he'd never been here before, as well as um, you know just conversations on that is the idea of of tools. And both of us have, I mean, you've you've heard my stance on tools, probably not as, as you know, consistently stated because it's something I try to not talk about too much, but I want to talk to you about the role of tools in personal productivity. And, and Jay, I mean, you are someone who works with tech tools, like you're, I mean, productivity in tech, like you can't, now, can you, why don't you define like what you, what you would consider technology to be, and then maybe we'll dive just dive right in and the tool what role tools play in your work
1: so it's actually interesting that productivity and tech the tech was always fuzzy when it came to what that meant inside of pit that's what we call it as pit and for a while we said well if basically if it was generated by a computer if you if you used a computer or some tech device or some you know smartphone tablet then that is going to be your tech. And what we have learned recently was that is so not the case. In fact, one of my my latest interviews was actually with someone who builds notebooks for a living. And what we've really learned is like, like Mike said, tools and tech are very, very similar. Anything that allows you to make your job easier in some way is a tool. And that tool is tech. I mean, if you look at the Industrial Revolution, I mean, the first gigantic machines that, you know, started our entire new economy, those were tech. I mean, those were techy people. I mean, the whole idea of a Luddite was someone that hated these gigantic machines, not someone that couldn't
0: use their iPhone. And, and the, the other thing is, is that what I think's happened, and we're seeing this across the board, is that tools are becoming... The, the magic bullet even though they're not the magic bullet. I mean my friend Anthony Ngaro talks about the false first step, right? And the idea of, you know, if I get Evernote, that's it, I'm going to be more productive or if I use OmniFocus or Asana or Todoist. Like, I mean you were using Todoist for a while. And for those of you who don't know what Todoist is, it's 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 a fairly streamlined to-do list application. You could even qualify it as somewhat of a project manager, depending on what kind of projects you're doing. It scales somewhat. It doesn't scale as much as, say, an Asana or or um, even an OmniFocus to a certain extent, um, at least individually. But it's got collaboration and all that stuff. And I've talked about Todoist before. But you stopped using Todoist, and you've shifted in another direction in terms of how you're operating with your tools. Can you dive into that a bit? Because that, that, to me, is also especially for someone who works in tech, it's rather fascinating to hear what, what approach you're taking in terms of how you're using tools and what tools you're using.
1: So yeah, as Mike said, I was adamant about using Todoist and Evernote. I used Todoist for two years. I used Evernote for five years. And what I learned was the more and more that I relied on these tools, the more my productivity became about mastering the tool and not the occupation you know, as as someone that works in the tech space, you know, my my day-to-day is very fluid. It's it's it and it varies. You know, some days I could be on the phone for 7 hours, other days I'm deep in working into a program. And for me, I have to be able to adjust very fast. So, tools that were rigid stopped working. So what I did was I went back to in my opinion one of the original tools and that's good old-fashioned pen and paper. And I love it because no matter what, I can always find paper and I always have a pen on me and I can build the system immediately. If I need to build, you know, a Kanban system, I can pull out sticky notes and build my own Kanban system. If I, if I need to set up a more traditional bullet journal style setup or a spread or some type of chart, I can do that. And I don't have to rely on, well, do I have this app? If I need to set a, a bunch of reminders, I can just have a sheet of paper that says things that you got to take care of today. And and there's my Apple Notes app, except for it's not on my phone. It's in my pocket. And one of the things that I did to fix that was I actually turned my wallet into a notebook. So now, just like the people that use Todoist or these apps always have their tools with them, so do I. And
0: one of the things I brought up yesterday when we were talking about this, because I've seen your... I mean, we, we had a chance to meet when I was down in San Diego... Uh, in early 20, 2017, when I was down there for a conference, actually about mid-2017. And, uh, you know, you showed me your your wallet, you showed me your notebook, and you know that I'm an analog guy too, at least initially. I, you know, I use this kind of like the gateway. But we talked about this last night, is I asked you, you know, but what about the long-term incubation stuff? What about the stuff, like, so for example, when I'm theming my months, uh, I look right now and you can see the wall calendar here. Uh, of course, you can't, you know, listening, but I have my now your wall calendar up. And I know that in June is when I'm going to work on my website. So I don't need to, and this is an example of maybe how analog can work, is that I don't need to necessarily worry about when I'm going to work. If, if I have an idea that comes to my website for, for a website redesign, I'm not sitting there going, okay, when am I going to do that? I know that June is the time, which is helpful. But when you're, when it's not related to like a monthly theme or a project like how are you if you have an idea of something you want to move forward with or you might want to move forward with how are you looking at that long-term incubation stuff because digital tools in my mind that's where their strength lies
1: absolutely and the biggest difference in that and that was something that i struggled with was okay this notebook is full what do i do with all of this knowledge and what I started learning was the smaller your book, the more often you're reviewing, the more often that you are, you know, cleaning out and refining, just like it says on your wall, <laughs> your <laughs> your goals. So what I did was instead of going with one large book, I actually went with three smaller books and segmented my life into three basic areas. You know, I'm... I'm a podcaster, but I also maintain a full-time job. So I have a a podcast book, and I have a job book. And I also have a life book. And each of these books are about 70 pages, which takes me about a month to fill up. And in that month, when I open up my new book, at the very back, anything that is long-term or that I want to carry over into the next month always goes in the back. So when I get to the end of my book, I sit down, I have a review, And as I open up the new book, I start transferring that content into the new book. And that's good because, yes, while it may take a couple of minutes and it's definitely slower than using a a digital app, it still allows me to sit down and have a dedicated time to review where I'm at in my life, where I'm at in my goals in each of those areas. And to me, I feel like it encourages me to sit down and and be mindful about the object. When you have these apps that hold on to everything for years and years, you start to forget that they're there. In fact, it, it kind of becomes a part of it. If, if you remove that field, you'd go, hmm, something's missing, but I can't quite put my finger on it. When you're saying, okay, I'm going to sit down and intentionally review this content, that's how you start
0: acting on it. Starting an online business or expanding your physical storefront online has never been easier thanks to Shopify. This global commerce platform supports you at every stage of your business journey. From launching your online shop to managing a million orders, Shopify is there to simplify and accelerate your growth. It's not just about selling products. a so Shopify helps you manage every aspect of your business with their all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. But that's not all. Shopify helps you convert visitors into customers with the best converting checkout process on the internet which performs up to 36% better than other platforms. And now, a special offer for my listeners. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash timecrafting, all lowercase. Whether you're just starting out or looking to scale up, Shopify is the perfect partner for your business. Managing passwords can be a real headache, right? Think about it. Every website requires a new password. Each one needs to be unique, secure, secure, Here's the best part. My listeners can try 1Password for free for two weeks. Right now, get your free trial at onepasswordcom slash Productive Convo. Secure your passwords and simplify your online security with 1Password. Are you a small business owner struggling to find the right talent for your team? I've been there, and I know how challenging it can be. That's why I recommend LinkedIn Jobs. It's not just any job board. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com conversation. That's right. For free. Don't miss out on finding top talent. Post your job for free at linkedin.com conversation today. Terms and conditions apply. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. We're going to take a break from the show now to talk about our sponsor, Every Plate. Now, with Every Plate, you can experience full plates and fuller wallets with America's best value meal kit. And that's huge, saving time and saving money. You'll get meals that you enjoy and your bank account will love and they'll be delivered right to your door. In fact, you can enjoy amazing chef-designed meals for just $4.99 per serving, and you really got to break it down and think of it this way. One meal is the same price as one cup of coffee. You know how much I'm into planning and removing decision fatigue from whatever you do. Well, we plan our meals in advance, and uh I think that when you do that you save time in the long run you save money in the long run and every plate will help you do that you spend less time deciding what to cook and that means more time spent enjoying good food with family now every plate has easy to follow recipes that take the stress out of dinner time every plate does the meal planning shopping and prepping for you taking the time-consuming guesswork out of cooking so not only do you get these great meals at a lower price but all of the planning is done for you. All the guesswork is done for you. And you never buy more ingredients than you need because EveryPlate's recipes come with everything already pre-measured. So now that you've heard about EveryPlate, I want to give you the special offer that they are giving to Productivity as podcast listeners. You will get 50% off your first box of EveryPlate. You just need to go to everyplate.com and enter the code TIMECRAFTING. That's 50% off your first box of EveryPlate just by going to EveryPlate.com and entering the promo code TIMECRAFTING. 50% off is like getting two dinners for one cup of coffee now. So go do it. Don't waste any more time. For 50% off your first box of EveryPlate, go to EveryPlate.com and enter the code TIMECRAFTING. I'd like to thank EveryPlate for sponsoring this week's episode of the Productivityist podcast. And now, let's get back to the show. All right, so now I'm going to dive a little bit deeper into the idea of what I do when I capture, which is the map, right? Like mode, action, project, or priority, depending on where where you're at, and then schedule. Um, And for those of you that don't know what that is, I mean, I've written about it before. It's also part of, you know, the now your action plan, you know, to a certain extent, and it's definitely a part of time crafting is the idea of capturing in a way where you can look at something and you immediately know. And I work with this with clients as well. It's like if you write down on a post it note, like you could see there, one says June on my, on a post it note there. Now I know what that is because it was in the context of building the now your action plan course, so I know what that is. But if I was just to put that randomly somewhere, I'd go June. What is? Do I have to call June? What's going on? <laughs> like there's no there's no um, focus. There's no there's no clarity surrounding that. So when you capture stuff in your notebook, like what is what is the system that you use? And further to that, you're obviously going to, so it's a two-parter. I mean, when I work with people, the fact that the map can translate into a digital tool, because a lot of people, when you say, hey, I, you know, I'm going full analog," they're like, are you crazy? Like, I can't do that. But you've got, like, how does your system, the way you use the notebooks, translate into someone who might want to use it in the digital space? Because I think that is important. I think being able to say, Okay, you can use this system, whether you're using paper, an Excel spreadsheet, uh, you know, a bullet journal, um, you know, I mean, we've talked about hybrids of different themes, like different methodologies and stuff. So first off, number one, how do you capture in a way that you could easily recognize what it is other than the three notebooks, which you've, you know, and secondly, how do you, is there a way for you to take that or anyone to take that and go, I like what Jay's talking about here, but I can't give up to do is to sauna, trello or whatever. So how do I do this in both? Well, as I mentioned before, for the longest
1: time, my life was in digital. So at some point, I did have to transfer my digital lifestyle to the analog mm-hmm. lifestyle. Yeah. So what, what makes that great is because I separate my life into these three systems, all I would have to do to transfer that back into the digital space is to create three areas for those systems, Uh, especially with Todoist, you could create a project for life, a project for work, a project for your podcast. And same with Evernote, you could have individual notebooks for those areas. I think one thing that does benefit the digital, um, I guess, productivity app user is that you can also use really great tools like context, labels and filtering. Mm -hmm. And that is something that I feel that what I've done is instead of saying, okay, let me just view everything really quick and start ripping out pages, I just duplicate that information. And like I said, a lot of people are afraid of the duplication that comes in with analog systems. I embrace it because that gives me time to focus. In the morning, I, I use my wallet notebook as my daily planner, my daily driver. And when I'm looking through like, okay, what do I need to work on? The first place I go is the page before. Is there anything that I left off? The next thing that I'd look at is, okay, what space am I in? If I'm in work, I pull that from my work notebook and I look and say, okay, I need to work on these three things, but I always put them into my daily driver. And even as a digital app user, you can do that same information. A lot of people want to put the world inside of one app. (laughs) And they do. And and they do. And then they freak out. I stopped using Evernote because I had 15,000 notes in it, and I didn't know what was there. Like, it was, it was so hard for me to find anything because I had overcomplicated a simple system. And what I learned was, instead of putting your entire life in one system and then taking 35 minutes just to break it all apart so you can figure it out, why don't you just put the things that you need in there? put everything else somewhere else where you don't have to think about it or look at it. Because when I see 13,000 or anything or 15,000 of anything that just brings on anxiety. I don't like anxiety. I deal with it too much as it is. I would deal with five before 5,000 any day.
0: All right. So as we get close to wrapping up here, I want to talk about another, I another tool. And this is where I think the tool helps me in a lot of ways, digital tools, journaling reflection, review. Um, I use day one to journal. Um, The reason I use day, the reason I use a digital journal as opposed to an analog one is simple efficiency. I love to be able to grab my iPhone, my iPad, especially my iPhone and, and hit the dictation button and go today was awesome, period, new line, new line. Da da da, da, da da da, comma, space, quiet, like I like it's it drives my wife nuts, by the way. But nonetheless, that's how there are days where that's what I do as opposed to typing it in. Plus, I will use day one to take a picture of the, something that happened during the day. And then when I do that, I'm able to say, okay, that's the trigger. And sometimes I'll take that picture early enough in the day so that way, you know, it's like, hey, this is this is what we've done. This is how we've made this thing work. So, you know, I want. I wonder how do you do that? Like, you know, I mean, there are a lot of people who said, Oh, I, I love writing in a paper journal. And then I say, well, did you journal? Oh no, I was just too tired. Didn't have time, whatever. I'm like, okay. But then, then the journal is only as useful as the stuff, the contents you put inside of it, right? Like how often you use it. So how do you do that? Um, Yeah. How do you do that reflection? Like maybe on a daily basis and then how do you do the, the all encompassing review that you might want to do? Say you're following the getting things done methodology, you might do it every week. Or if you're doing, you know, time crafting, you might say, OK, you know what, I'm going to do a rapid review every couple of weeks or whatever. Like, how do you make that happen in an analog world? So I do
1: a daily review. That's every morning I get to work. I don't take phone calls for the first 30 minutes and I really plan out, OK, how was yesterday? Could it have been better? If so, how? And then I take the information, which is usually just a page away, and I start transferring that to a new page. I do journal. I don't journal every day, but I do journal as I need to. And I often recognize I need to get this out of my head. So when I'm getting this out of my head, what I like to do is actually take just any sheet of paper and then just start writing, What I've learned is I don't need to record everything into one cute little book. I do keep all of my notebooks, and my wife absolutely hates me for that. (laughs) But I also just have multiple books and in between plans. So,
0: wait, hold on a second. So, you keep all your books forever? Like, you have everything. So, that's another interesting question that finished, but I want to get back into like, as we like, what about letting go of that stuff? But continue, continue. (laughs)
1: So yeah, I I mean, I keep all my books forever, but whenever I'm, I'm planning my journal entries are usually in between my, my daily setups. You know, I can, I could be having a tough day and say, you know what? I need to write about this. And I just pull out a pen. I open up whatever my notebook that I'm thinking in and I just start writing. And I'm sure if they ever write, you know, a biography on me, they're going to have a hard time digging through all of those books. But at the same time, I don't need a collected binder of all of my thoughts. I need my thoughts as they're happening. To me, it's more valuable to say, hey, here's my daily planner for Friday, my daily plan for Saturday, and then a three page, you know, journal entry as to why I'm so stressed out after Friday and Saturday, because now all of that information is combined into one great area.
0: Now, the, the clutter, I have to talk about that now because <laughs> you brought it up. So, I mean, you could see my my office is pretty pretty sparsely decorated. I mean, there's some stuff. I mean, yeah, my inbox, my physical inbox needs some work right now, as you can see. Uh, you're seeing he's seeing behind the steel curtain here. Where it's like, wait a minute. There's some things that you know. What do they say? We teach what we need to learn the most sometimes. Yeah. There you go. Um, but we're like, I could keep my notebooks in here and no one sees them because it's my office. You keep every notebook and and like first off. Why, number one, I mean, once you've done with it, wouldn't it like to me, I mean, even with my capture books, once everything's either had a cross out or an arrow or, or a squiggle through, it's gone. Like, I just need to let it go. And secondly, like, you know, where, how do you like, when you look at all those notebooks, do you say, oh, what's in that red one right there? That's that might have something in it. Like, to me, that's almost in some respects, a lot like the digital space of holding on to all that stuff that might. Like, how do you guarantee that nothing in there is something that hasn't been taken care of? So with
1: my system, once I'm done with it, like you said, it's crossed out. There's a line through it. And anything that remains gets transferred over. Like, that's the important part is you have to go back. And even even if you do it daily, it's so much easier to just take five seconds, look back on the previous day, and say, this didn't get done, let me transfer it over. Or let me put it at the end of my book, because I know at the end of the month, it needs to go into the next book. And then you can clear it out and be and just be fine with that. A lot of the books that I do maintain are just for the, the journal entries, in, in all reality. I mean, luckily, whenever I cross something out, it's only a single line, so I can still read it. But at the end... I always, always date and theme my book. So you'll notice on, on a couple of books, if you ever go to my Instagram page, there are actually like little designs on each page. So one might say focus on it. One might say, you know, efficiency, and then it'll be dated for that month and that year. So if I can say, hey, I know I was working on that thing a couple of years ago, I could pull out that book. I could find it. Now, I don't. I I, I try my best not to, because like you said, once once you're done, don't don't look in the past too often. Like John Acuff said, it's it's good to learn from the past. It's not really good to live in it. So make sure that you have that information if you need it. But ultimately, they go in a bin and the bin is kind of set off to the side. And to me, that's almost like a, a, a little trophy case that I have. When I get to look at all those, I can go, wow. I actually did work in all of these books and look at the progress. When I look at how Pitt has grown, you know, at the time of recording, Pitt will be turning two in a few months. And in two years, so much has changed about it. And I have that history all documented. And it doesn't look like an Evernote, you know, notebook. It doesn't look like day one entries. But what it does look like is scribbles and scratches and sketches and and little drawings and little side notes in the, the corner of, of daily planners and, you know, tear marks and ink stains. And to me, that really builds onto the system
0: that I have. All right. So, Jay, um, what we're going to do is for all the members that are listening to this episode, so people who are members of the, the Productivityist community, uh, you're going to get a bonus episode but we're not going to record it today. We normally I do bonus episodes at the same time as the weekly ones, but we are so proactive right now with the, with the podcast that we are so far ahead that what we're doing is we've recorded this and then Jay's going to come back and do a, well he'll do his three more things episode after you've got this thing coming out. Right? Like as we're listening, as we're recording this, this is evergreen. I mean, I want to keep this as evergreen as possible. But You have built a course, and when you come back, I want to focus on the course itself, and I'm not gonna take no for an answer on that. Speaking of which, go ahead, tell people what your course is about, where people can learn
1: more about you. So the upcoming course is called Learn to Say No, and that's very important. As Mike said, we often teach the things that we have to learn the most, and this is a very personal course for me. I suffer from anxiety very, very badly. And I had to learn to start saying no in my life to so many things. And as I'm learning, I'm documenting this journey. And if you want to become a part of it, and if you want to learn from my mistakes, so you don't have to repeat them, you can go to com, And in there, there will be a little pop-up that says, find out more about this course. And I hope you enjoy it. Like I said, it's I've learned so much in the process. And I've also learned that sometimes you just can't say no, like when Mike Vardy says, "Hey, let's go down to the basement and record an
0: episode." <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for uh, being on the podcast, Did you? Where can people uh, go? Like, do you have Twitter and all that stuff too, right? So l- let's let's get everybody out there going to productivity and tech. But also, where can they find you on Twitter? So you can find me on Twitter at
1: K-J-A-Y Miller. Um, you can also find me everywhere else in the world at that same place. And you'll often see me tweeting about Productivity in Tech. And there's also a link to Productivity in Tech's Twitter page from there. And if you want to learn more about the podcast, if you're a developer that that is just tired of feeling like you're not getting things accomplished, head over to ProductivityinTech.com. And you can subscribe through every major podcast thing except for Stitcher. And yeah,
0: from there, that's it. Awesome, Jay. Thanks for joining me today on the Productivityist podcast. And thanks to John Polster for producing this week's episode. Thanks to you for listening. And until next time, define your days, funnel your focus, and make every moment matter. We'll see you next time.